Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. And today, uh, a little different on the podcast. Instead of a featured guest, we have head coach Matt Painter joining us. Uh, end of the summer recap edition of the Boilerball Podcast. So I know uh, everybody will be excited to find out what's been going on here over the last uh, eight to ten weeks, I guess. Um, so, Coach, welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, busy summer, as uh, all summers are, but a lot of uh, a, a lot of change, I guess, in the summer. We'll get to all that, but I want to get into some of the recruiting, back, getting back to normal a little bit in that regard. Uh, coming off, obviously, the COVID year, uh, things are, as we tape this, uh, a <laughs> little bit of a flare-up going on with COVID, so we'll see what the future holds. But uh, for the most part, a, a summer that's uh, seen us kind of get back to, to being normal. Um, at the beginning of our summer... Uh, kind of the highlights was the US, our guys involved with USA Basketball Team Canada. So um, obviously, Coach, you're involved with uh, Team USA stuff. You go out to Colorado every year um, and help uh, the U19 uh, selection process and, and tied in with a number of, uh, a number of uh, aspects of USA Basketball. So talk about the, those guys this year. Jay Ivey, Caleb First, make that U19 team. Um, Trey Coffin was going to try out, um, injured his, uh, his hand, was not able to try out. But uh, talk about that process. You were at tryouts with those guys. Yeah. Well, first of all, I thought like in the spring, you know, our, our guys did a good job. <clears throat> a lot of, you know, we had probably more guys stay than, than went home in terms of just kind of working out on their own. I think that, that sometimes gets lost. Like every coach that you hear – talk about in the fall about their season it's like hey man we had a really good summer i'm yet to hear a coach say they just had a really terrible summer like, <laughs> like a do-over yeah like how, how'd you guys have this summer well we had a bad summer um you know our guys didn't work very hard you know we had a couple of guys skip out on weights like every coach like says they have a great summer so like you know i i think if you did have a great summer and you have quality players you'll have a great winner if you can stay injury free um, so that's the telltale without just the crazy interviews. And that's what I like doing these podcasts because you guys ask me to do it about once every two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the guys I got to do interviews with after they got to do their job, and I respect that. But they ask me the same questions all the time, and I have the same answer. And I'm like, you know what? You're like, why are we doing this? I know, I know you need these, but I, you can just take what I said last week. Groundhog, Groundhog Day yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, no thing. question. It's just over and over. But I, I do understand that they have a job to do, and. So they ask the same questions, and I give the same answers 80% of the time. Um, but, no, in the spring, I, that's – and my point to that, but before I get to USA Basketball, is just it's really if you get the right players. If you get the right players that are competitive, that love basketball, it's the, the time they spend with your sports performance coach. It's the time they spend on their own. It's the time they spend putting time in. That's why, like, guys get all worried when their players are working out with all these other people because they're hearing all these other voices, and that's a difficult thing. But I'm just I'm excited that they like basketball and they're working on their game. Like, we can solve these things as you go forward because it is a team sport. But um, the fact that we didn't have everybody together because Caleb, um, Zach, and, and Jaden were with the, the U19s, Trey, uh, Kaufman got hurt, and so he missed probably the first month in terms of after the Indian All-Star game um, of those workouts and stuff. And so it's a little bit different, but they're getting better. Like, you know, like Trey Kaufman, I, I felt terrible for him because I think he was in a great position to compete for a spot for that team. But with that being said, 
when you're hurt, you can't try to make improvements. You got to get healthy, then make improvements. If you try to improve while you're hurt, a lot of times you're going to have a setback. So getting him healthy and now we can go forward with that um, has been great as he's been able to practice here the last couple of weeks. So that's been really good. But, you know, excited for our guys winning the gold medal, excited for Zach winning the bronze. You know, obviously, uh, Jaden and Zach got more of an opportunity than Caleb, but when Caleb did get an opportunity, he played well. He had a couple 14-point performances, and that's great because a lot of people don't understand the advantages the two have over Caleb just because of they've competed a year in college. That year really helps you in those trials, so it really yeah. – but you you got to give a lot of – you know, respect to Caleb for going in there and really finding his way and, and putting effort um, on the glass, effort running. Just, you know, he had great energy in those trials when I was there. He had great understanding of kind of picking his spots. A lot of times guys go in there, they don't understand about picking their spots. Then they don't play to their strengths. Caleb just did a good – he took his open shots. He played hard. He got on the glass. He was just a good piece of their puzzle. And that's why he made that team. But, um, no, those guys, th- those experiences is why I do USA Basketball. You get to represent your country, but you also want your players to have some opportunities. And like I've always said, like we've had just as many players get cut that make the team through the years. But getting cut sometimes isn't the worst thing in the world when you're 20, 21 years old and you've never been cut from something. It allows you to really reevaluate and kind of look at some things and say, you know, hey, I got to get better and use this as motivation. I always use Jawan as that example as he was the last cut on a World University team. And then he ended up two years later being the MVP, you know, of the Big Ten. But Zach had some tremendous numbers, um, you know, 24 and a half rebounds per 40 minutes um, at the U19s. <laughs> is, is this off wow. the charts? You know, it's off wow. the charts. They threw him the ball some, um, not a lot, but, like, he was very, very productive. And he, and he was productive, you know, not just going to the well every time where somebody's throwing him the ball all the time. You know, they, they got him the ball some, but not not a lot. And uh, he went and got the basketball, and it's a good lesson for a lot of big guys. If you have the ability um, to get it off the glass, go get it, because a lot of times those ends up in free throws, end up getting other team getting in foul trouble. Um, but the, the other guys that are on our team that didn't have those experience, obviously Travion has had that experience. Ethan Morton's had the experience um, in, in a three-on-three international. Sasha was with us in the World University Games. I don't think I'm missing anybody else. But we have more people on our team with that experience than we don't. I think that's that's what you want. You know, anytime those guys can can play in different settings and different experiences that's highly competitive I think it helps them going forward I know it helps them you know going forward but you know the rest of our guys that have been here they they've been fabulous like every coach says in the summer they <laughs> but they have they, they really have they've put in time I've been impressed um, with Brian Waddell coming in um, you know Trey Kaufman's just kind of finding his way after that injury and that's that's a little bit hard but Brian Waddell has been fabulous um, he's very athletic he understands what's going on he can defend people he can make an open shot he's six seven he's long um, he understands winning coming from his um, they really have an advantage coming from that high school coming from Carmel High School not to say other people don't do a good job because they do but just from having Ryan Klein and now being around Brian they do an excellent job of, of teaching and getting you ready for college because they 
they have long possessions where not everybody in high school has long possessions. I know when I was in high school, we didn't because I was shooting it. Um, <laughs> and uh, they just do. Like when Ryan Klein averaged 17, 18 points in high school, it's like somebody averaging 30. Mm-hmm. You know, and Brian averaged, I don't know what he averaged, 16, 17 points, 18 something. You know, it's like averaging 30, 28, 30 points. And, um, you know, he, he's just an efficient player. So I'm, I'm excited about him. And then I think the experiences that we've had with the guys that have been freshmen, um, from last year becoming a sophomore, that's where you see a jump. You know, we talked about Jaden, um, obviously, and his talents and all the things that he can do. And he had a good finish to the season. Um, he was better in the second half, obviously, in the first half, learned some things, obviously had this experience in Latvia. But he really could make a big jump. Zach can make a big jump. But Mason and Brandon, you know, redshirt guys that, that got a lot of minutes last year, now they could make a big jump. That that's that's there. And then Ethan Morton didn't get as much of an opportunity. Obviously it's well documented, you know, having mono and all the things that he had to go through and um, it's been tough for him and now learning from those experiences and then being able to really make that jump from their freshman to sophomore year. And then with obviously COVID and the protocols and everything that goes on, nobody's lost a year, which I don't think that'll have a, an effect with uh, Zach and, and Jaden. But with the other guys that I mentioned, like it, it, it does. You know, Isaiah Thompson, you know, really played well for us in that second half of the season, did some really good things for us. And then, you know, so he's played a lot of minutes. And so you, we keep kind of having the same thing. You know, Isaiah's a guy that can shoot the basketball and, um, you know, give us, you know, give us some of that quickness. Um, and now you throw, I even got to, you know, Eric Hunter and Sasha, the minutes they've played. They've played mm-hmm. more minutes than anybody, I think, probably in our program. Maybe, you know, Travion also being in there. So you take those three seniors and the minutes they had, all the experiences that I've talked about from the summer and from guys playing freshmen, you know, being the youngest team in the Big Ten and the fourth youngest team in the NCAA tournament. And so all those things combined, you know, if we can stay on the same page and uh, help each other out, be good teammates, and just work hard and have that competitive spirit, you know, I, I like our chances this year. Back to the newcomers. You mentioned Waddell a moment ago coming from Carmel, which is obviously a program that wins at a high level. What you think about Trey, or Kaufman, or Wren, and you think about first both state champions the importance you and your staff put on recruiting winners guys right. that win a lot and right. win at a high level no question and you know both of those guys Caleb and Trey you know have really good high school coaches um, a little bit different obviously because you know those teams have won state titles before all of them you know Carmel's won one before Silver Creek's won one you know before you know, Caleb's team has won one before. They obviously all went through the pandemic, too. So they've had some, you know, some difficult issues um, in there. It wasn't a normal high school process because, you know, you know, of the pandemic. But the value on winning and the value of being around good coaches, um, you know, those things, you know, are invaluable. Like you, you can't when, – when you start to talk and do certain things, there's going to be some things schematically that's going to be just totally different than they're used to. But there's going to be some big-picture meat-and-potatoes type things that are going to be exactly the same because they came from a winning culture, and they understand those things. You know, you got good families. You have good coaches. You have those understanding. Now how they come in and morph into a role. If you can come in and just – and do it right away and be the best. If you can come in and be first team all league like Rob Hummel, if you can be second team all league like each one more, you know, our last two All Americans couldn't do that. <laughs> you know, Caleb Swanigan couldn't do right. that. 
You know, Carson Edwards couldn't do that. They had the opportunities. They played a lot of minutes, both of them. They weren't quite ready to lead us. They were ready to help us, mm-hmm. but they weren't ready to lead us. Those other two guys, they were, you know. And, and, and so sometimes you don't get the opportunity. Like, and you say, hey, I could have done it, but I played 14 minutes. Yeah, but when you play 26 minutes or you play 23 minutes like Carson did and, and Caleb Swanigan did, now you got a pretty good opportunity right there. And so, like, who can come in right away – most people, like in our program, like 95% of them have had to come in and play a role or not play. Hmm. You know, it's right, just, it's just right. the way it is. Right. Um, but it's there for you. You know, it's there for you to come in and play a bigger role than that and be able to do those type of things. And so that's always interesting to see. People around players always think that's the decision of the coach. That's never the decision of the coach because the coach likes everybody. You know, it's just it's the way it is. And, and so now when you look at that, you're just – or you. I don't like to put anything, who's going to start? You know, my son asks me all the time, who's going to start for you? I said, what do you think I'm going to say to you? He goes, whoever earns it. Yeah. He'll ask me three weeks later, who's going to start? I said, whoever earns it. I said, hey, man, quit asking me the same question over and over when you know what I'm going to say. I go, you know when I want to know who's going to start that first game? He goes, when? I go, the day before the first game. I'll do it when we play on a Wednesday and then we play on Saturday. Some guy will play with so you think he's going to start on Saturday? I don't know. There's a lot that could go on Thursday and Friday. Right. You know, and so just, you know, pump the brakes and kind of understand that. But a lot of people around players, they don't get that. They'll never get that because they haven't been a part of it. But it's a team. You aren't going to make decisions because you think this guy's better than that guy. You're going to make decisions on what's best going forward for your team. The uh, summer months for our listeners, we get four hours a week on the court. Um, and then you get additional time in the weight room. But those four hours, you you just referenced it, we, we typically do team practices. And it seems like in the days when you started in mid-October, there was more of a sense of urgency to get a lot of stuff done in the summer. And I think now our first practice this coming year will be September 25th. You get almost a full month, almost a full month, um, head start on the season. So would you say that there's less – urgency in the summer from a team standpoint because you have longer in the fall does that make sense like you were talking about that we didn't have a full team because of usa basketball stuff and it wasn't maybe the end of the world like it might have been maybe seven eight years ago right well what we'll do is you know we've incorporated some stuff so we've ran a couple times we've been like an out of bounds game or a side out of bounds game or couple different segments of set games and those are for 20 25 30 minutes well that's you know that's, that's a big chunk of your practice when you're going two hours, you know, twice a week. And so you'll get the same time when the fall starts. And so we'll try to get more stuff in and we'll try to work towards it. But it's not the backbone of what we want to do. You know, the backbone of what you want to do is, you know, how you carry yourself. Do you know what's going on offensively and defensively? Um, do you, can you play without turning the basketball over? Um, can you embrace the physicality of the game and learn to hit each time? I always say that when you play Michigan State or Wisconsin. I said, you want to hit them or you want to get hit? You know, because something's going to happen. <laughs> I promise you that. I'd rather hit them. You know, and I know they'd rather hit us. And right. so it's a very mutual feeling. <laughs> but that's just part of getting your guys and having that kind of progression and understanding the progression and learning from your mistakes as a coach through the years and just knowing, hey, we have to get this in and these are this is important, but it's not as important as the other things, is that we're all on the same page, we're all a good teammate, 
We all understand once we walk those lines, this is competitive. This is really competitive. I don't know if I've ever had a season where somebody doesn't look at you funny once the season starts why they're not playing. But yet they ignored a lot of things for three, four, five months yeah. um, that were pretty obvious that you're not going to you know, beat him over the head with a boat or and just sit there and keep saying it and saying it and saying it like, hey, man, you can't turn the ball over. Quit turning the ball over. You know, and, and, and so when, when those things kind of get to you and you understand those things and you get guys that are competitive that understand those, those things, now you're really growing at an earlier time. What Elliot's really getting to is you can start making those strides and you have the maturity to understand that without losing a game. Everybody understands those things when you lose. Let's see if we can understand those things. I just watched the North Texas game. I got a lot of clips I want to show guys, but I also don't want to ruin their mood. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're in the summer and you're like, oh, <laughs> I did it. I thought it was a great idea. I clip it. I'm, I'm ready for a couple guys. I'm, I'm ready to talk to them. But I'm like, golly, why do I have to do this? But it's one of those things that's a necessary evil that I got to kind of cleanse um, my thought process and some things that I do and or I did and make sure it's right, but also making sure they understand some things. And um, I have all the respect for Grant McCaslin. He's a friend of mine. He's a great coach or whatever. I look at it from my perspective. I don't look at it from Grant's perspective at North Texas. And I'll never look at it from somebody else's perspective because I don't want to. You know, I just, I'm the Purdue's coach. I look at my perspective. We beat ourselves. Purdue beat Purdue. And I can watch that game. Now, he might watch that and then say, well, we did this and did this. Mm-hmm. And we show, and, and he's probably right, and I'm probably right. And we got to meet somewhere in the middle of the road. But the story is we lost, and you got to go home. That's the story. You know, How are we going to learn from that? If we don't let that be our motivator and we don't learn from that, shame on me and shame on us. That's got to be a driving force into that not happening again um, in that scenario. Sometimes when you just flat out get beat, and somebody's better than you, and somebody plays absolutely better than you, we all can take that one. When, when Kansas drags us in the NCAA tournament, you don't walk out of there and go, man, we play them again, we beat them. Boy, that didn't look that way to me. You know, yeah. when you get blown off by VCU and it's like the Indianapolis 500, you're just hoping they don't score 100. You're just like, wow, they're better than us. Like, And we had good players. Could we have beat them? Sure. We could have beat VCU if we played them again. But not that day. Mm-hmm. Not that day. You know, hats off to Kansas and VCU for that. But I think we learn from those games too. And and, and you have to be able to do that because if you can keep your job, <laughs> it's, it's a process. It, it really is to get to that point to be able to learn from things, to win another championship, to advance further in the tournament and hopefully get to a Final Four and win a national championship. Talking about summertime bringing guys up to speed, whether that be slowly or quickly. You also have an interesting scenario in that you have two new coaches on the staff. Now, granted, Paul is obviously a guy you've worked with in the past, but Terry Johnson being brand new to the staff, what about bringing those guys up to speed? Right. What, what, what does that entail? Well, I, I like listening to what they have to say. You know, um, obviously, you know, Terry's been at Butler in Ohio State. He's been around a lot of great coaches. You know, Paul's been a, lot, been a head coach for seven years. He's been around a great coach at Creighton. Um, so they've been in different leagues. They've been in the Big East. Um, you know, Terry was in some different leagues, obviously, with Butler as they were transitioning into the Big East before that. Um, Terry has a feel for the Big Ten, you know, being at Ohio State. But he also has an opinion of what he thinks of Purdue mm-hmm. and our players before. And that's a, something I haven't really talked to Elliot about. Um, but I think that's going to be a good exercise for us. You know, we, we had a, um, a team meeting yesterday, and Elliot um, – did it on mental toughness 
and I haven't Terry hasn't told me his topic yet, but I think getting Terry to do and I know you guys have met with him, getting him to do a scouting report on Purdue. Yeah. Right. You know, right, so yeah. the honest I would love for a couple guys to hear the honest opinion of others yeah. about them because right. I know their opinion might be a little different. <laughs> right. and, and so right. um and th- those are always interesting because you, you know like hey like a lot of times coaches hey don't take that personal and then sometimes i always say take that personal mm-hmm. you know because that they're allowed to have their opinion of you in a scouting report right. you know it's not my opinion it's theirs and they're entitled to that because they're our opponent and so those type of things and those experiences of hearing some new things i am i am open to certain things going forward about schematic things in basketball i'm, I'm very open and and, and so but there's other things I'm absolutely not open at all. So, like, sometimes I enjoy them speaking on certain things because I'm open to it. And then when they speak on certain things, like, I don't want to be rude, but I, I just, like, hey, man, like, like save that. I'm not right, going to do right, that. Like, right. you're, like, let's go to lunch. Like, we're you're, not gonna, you're wasting my time. We're not going to bottleneck press. Yeah, we're not going to get right. the bottleneck. We're not going to get the, the amoeba zone. You, you talk about the uh, – you're talking about somebody else's opinion of your game. It's kind of like when you're getting ready to go out to dinner with your wife and you, you put something on, you come out, you're like, man, I look pretty good. And you're like, what do you think? Like, no, nah, go change your pants. You're like, oh, man, I thought I was, I was looking good. I thought I was in good shape here. Yeah, that was always my brother's line when you're getting ready to, like, to go out on the town or whatever. Obviously, this is 25 years ago. And right as you're walking out the door, he'd look at someone or look at you and go, you're, you're really going to wear that? <laughs> <laughs> Just shatter oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just shatter your confidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He adds some adjectives with it, too, that make it, make it pretty funny. So. Rob brought up the staff changes, um, and so that made the spring probably a little more busy than normal. But one, one area that we were not busy in was adding someone to the roster. We were one of four Power Five teams that didn't add anybody, did not add a transfer and so I can remember, I guess, early summer or early spring, rather, where we were kind of in a mode where we were getting the staff put together and then just kind of looking ahead to the summer. And other people or other programs were out there trying to fill rosters and even went into the summer. Um, we didn't experience this that this year, but I mean, it's the new norm now because yeah. it's basically like you're going out and getting free agents with immediate transfers. So... I'm guessing you were probably thankful not ha- not to have to do that this spring. Yeah, no question. But it could come into play down the road for yeah, us. Yeah, and I was on those committees. I was on. I was the only coach on the one-time transfer committee, and so I went kicking and screaming. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get my bearings and to say, hey, you know, that's over with and move forward. But yeah, you, you at some time, some point, you'll have to use it, and we've used it not very much in in, in terms of that. We we've done it obviously with the fifth year transfer. Um, and, and, and so, like, yeah, that's difficult. I, I think it's been difficult for low to mid-major schools. I think it's been difficult for coaches that have had to take a new job, and um, especially if you're a low to mid-major coach and you've had to take a new job. That, that double whammy right there is, is, is difficult. Like, will they recruit high school guys going forward at that level? I know they're not going to recruit them as much. Mm-hmm. At the higher level, especially guys on the lower end of high major, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, because I think it's getting real difficult because it's hard to be good right away. And uh, they think basketball is basketball. It's not. It's, a, it's like guys going from college to pro and say, well, why doesn't the elite college players play a lot when they go to the NBA right away? Because it's the transition. Why yeah. don't elite high school guys – I shouldn't say elite high school guys. 
why don't the, the guys in the top 100 you know versus like the guys going from 100 to 500 like i think there's probably a drop off there but if you go to a really good program a lot of times unless you're just that special talent it's hard to play right away it just is and uh this is going to be really interesting to see how this unfolds i don't agree with the one-time transfer um i just don't see the numbers weighing um you know it's i'm always trying to see where a guy fits I'm always wanting to get somebody that I think that I have a I have a plan for, and now people are just acquiring players and acquiring talent, and I've always tried to recruit that, but I also tried to lean on production's more important than talent. It doesn't mean someone who's product, productive doesn't have talent. Obviously, they do, but people that get that way and don't understand that they're just taking they're they're just picking guys up for a team like it's AAU. And I just think at the end of the day, I don't like it when people go into a volatile situation and they're like, man, I didn't know it was this way. Should they be able to transfer right away and be eligible? Yes. But shouldn't you be able to process information and understand who you're going to play for and what program and judge them? I always tell guys, I said, hey, you watch March Madness all the time, you know, in middle school and high school. And I just said, don't you want to play in March Madness? I go, and they go, yeah. And they go, well, you're getting recruited by four or five schools that are that are your main schools. They don't, they watch March Madness too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, don't yeah. you under, like, but you have people that are helping you that are really, really good, whether it's a high school coach, AAU coach, family, that are pretty good at it, at processing it. And then we have the people that aren't good at it. And so when you lean on people that are good quality people, but they don't know whether a basketball is full of air or feathers, and they think they do. Those are dangerous people yeah. to lean on. If those were your financial people and that you invested your money and you put your 401k into those people, oh, right. man, you're, it's going to be a goose egg. <laughs> you work right? until you're 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're just going to keep after work. And so those things, I feel bad for players because you don't know what you don't know. I feel bad for them, but now they've said it's not that big a deal that you don't know how to process and make a good decision because now you can just leave. Well, does now just leaving, you got to go make another decision. You obviously proved you're not a good decision maker because now you're leaving. You don't like it. So I always try to talk. One of the things I've picked up on here in the last couple years, and, and I think this is what you... When we have USA Basketball, I always try to go and listen. When Jamie Dixon goes and speaks to the team, I try to listen to him. When John Calperi speaks to the team, I try to listen to him. When Bill Self has spoken to the team, Billy Donovan, I can keep going. Shaka Smart, really, really good coaches, and they speak to him. But I want to see how they frame their words and how they talk to guys because I think it's an important piece. One of the things that I've picked up on, I don't know where I got it, maybe I made it up, is I have a place for you, and this is how I'm going to use you, if you're one of our top two, three, four guys. Because they'll say, okay, Rob, you're coming to Purdue. Here's how I'm going to use you, Rob. And then all of a sudden you come and you're our ninth man. Like you think I'm going to run plays for our ninth man. <laughs> like, like, like Ryan Klein was a, like, was a great example of that. Like if you ran him off of screens when he first got here, we'd run a play or two for him when he got in the game. You know, he'd play anywhere from 14 to 24 minutes before his senior year. And so, and I was always like, man, I like to get things for him. But should I run a play for Ryan Klein before Caleb Swanigan, before Isaac Haas, before Vince Edwards, before Dakota Mathias, before Carson Edwards? Like, that's who he played with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, should I? No. And I love Ryan Klein. Right. Like, I, I'd give him two scholarships. 
I mean, he's a good college basketball player, understands winning, can make tough shots. And But until he got to that point, now we're going to utilize him. But I'm not going to run more things for Ryan Klein than Carson Edwards unless he just gets hot. So now he's two, and he was two for us and that, that last team that went to the Elite Eight. So guys don't get that piece of it. So I, I really have like tried to focus on that and say, because now when they get here and they're our sixth, seventh man, I'll say, hey, you know, this is what I said to you. I'm just trying to be as honest as possible. But also people out in the real world that always give their opinion about it that are not involved with it, I don't care if they call games or do this, they're not involved with it. They're on the outside looking in. And it's just you're going to find someone who's going to whisper sweet nothings to you. Mm -hmm. You just are going to find some people out there that are going to say what they have to say to get you, and then they're going to do what the rest of us do, and whoever earns it gets it. I just try to say it and just say, hey, if you if you get it and you beat him out, I know he started, but if you get it, then you're going to start. You're going to play more. That's just the way it is. But he turns around and then beats you out the next year, He's going to get it. Or that might happen in the middle of the season. Like, just don't try to put guarantees out there. Don't try to be able to frame your words correctly so your honesty comes out, and now they appreciate that. Now, that honesty might lose a player, but as time goes on, if that honesty loses a guy, I think that's a good thing. And even though, like, he might be have 94 stars next to his name and everybody thinks he's great, at the end of the day, like, that's not going to help our chemistry. That's not going to help our team. And, and that's what it's about. Well, and getting guys who want to be here, then they stay here. And that's the name. Like, there were two scenarios in our league this year, uh, Kofi Coburn at Illinois and Daryl Morsell at Maryland, at one point said, I'm in the portal, I could go pro, and I could be back. And it was like, I, I kept thinking like, man, I am so fortunate, or we're so fortunate we don't have anybody right like that right now because it, it puts you in limbo, puts your roster in limbo. And – Obviously, Coburn went back to Illinois and Morsell transferred. Neither one stayed in the draft, but it's just that's – I think that will play well with guys and keeping rosters intact at least, hopefully. Um, looking ahead a little bit towards the fall, um, how do you handle expectations placed on a team? Um, you know, you 15 years now, you've, you've had a little bit of everything. You've had some teams where we're flying under the radar. You've had some teams who were – down after a big year you've had uh, and you've had teams like this coming year where the expectations are sky high how do you what's the difference in terms of how you go into the year with the guys I, I, I go into the year how we finished the year and uh, we didn't finish the year great and in my opinion obviously we did in the Big Ten and we're able to put ourselves in that position you know being 13 and 6 in the Big Ten and we lost a home game um, to Nebraska so feeling good about winning 70% of your games but then you go to your last you know, you go to the Big Ten tournament and you put yourself in that position. Sometimes when you're squeezing in there at the four seed or five seed, sometimes you're like, why did we fight like hell to get to this seed? Yeah, like, right. you know, those are always right. stuff. Right. Getting ones and twos and you lose at that point, then that's on you. You know, and then so like now you're playing Ohio State, who's ended up being a two seed in the tournament, and then we just get down and then we fight back. And um, I, But I go off of how you – how you kind of play at the end and what you do, and you can build off of that. And we should be able to build off that those successes, but we also got to look and be honest about how we played in the first half of, of a lot of games. We were pretty good when we got down. 
which isn't a good, I don't know if that's a good quality to have. It's a good quality to have after you get down, but it's not in the hole when you look back. When you keep putting yourself in those positions, now the, the, the fight to get back in those games and get them into overtime, there's a toll that, that, that happens. You know, when you do that, you don't think as a coach. Then, and, and so trying to get them to be on edge, to be understand, just to be more consistent. So now maybe you do get outplayed in the first half, but you're not in such a big hole there. And and so like really kind of working towards the consistency of that, but also talking about the positives of how we played um, in, in those situations after we got down. We always seemed to get ourselves back in there. And during the season, we won some of those games at Ohio State, at Michigan State. And so those are positives, but we still have to be more consistent. And then that's what we really want to get to. And then I think if you can stay process-based, I think that helps you manage your expectations. So obviously you're going to be ranked and, you know, you can be good or you can be cool. And so a lot of times you get a lot of attention, you know, you know, you guys, you just have to check them. And have to let them know, hey, this isn't what we came here for. This isn't one of our goals to be ranked in the preseason somewhere. That's not a goal of ours. Our goal is to be there at the end of the year, win a Big Ten championship, and give us the best chance in the NCAA tournament to advance. And so that's what the, the message will be. But it, it's it's about work. I think we have enough players right now. I, I feel very good about every player on our team. Um, who can say that about 12 scholarship players? You know, I said this other day, like, who can say that about, like, you like your AD, you like your board of trustees, and you like your president. Like you think, like think about that at Purdue. Like we, I got, I got three really good situations. Like who else in high major basketball can say that? Who else can say they're not in the transfer portal, and who's in this position? But you got to work. So we got a lot of really good things going on at Purdue. We got good things going on with their basketball program, but you're still on earning ground. You still have to go win your first game. You still got to win your second game. And then just keeping that right there. We'll keep them grounded, I promise you that. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll keep those guys grounded because it's there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, hey, this could be a really good season for Purdue. And that's just not the way it is. That's not the way it works. I'd rather them be saying that than saying, you know, Purdue's going to stink. You know, I understand that. But really what they say and how you get ranked means nothing. You know, you got to start it back up again, stay process-based, outwork people, uh, keep your nose clean, and uh, try to help each other. Non-conference schedule, all in place. And uh, as we tape this, um, wrapping up the summer session and kind of a few a couple weeks ahead of when the fall semester begins, we're awaiting the Big Ten schedule, which will come fairly soon. But looking at the non-conference, uh, pretty strong slate. Um, I think – a lot of people would say it, it's pretty fitting for this team. Um, so just what kind of jumps out at you, jumps out at you, and what are your thoughts on those games? Well, I think the three things that jump out, uh, the three teams that jump out right away is the teams that you know about, obviously the ACC teams, you know, playing, mm-hmm. you know, playing NC State, you know, neutral, playing North Carolina, neutral, then playing Florida State on that. You know, and obviously we've played Florida State, and then they're just – they're difficult to play against, and he's a tremendous coach. And then Hubert Davis, obviously, going into his first year at North Carolina, they have a great, great roster um, right there. I don't know NC State's as much. They've had a little bit of change there, but he's a very good coach and has done a good job there at NC State. And But all, all those games will be difficult. And then really playing some other teams – that have a chance to win their league. When you look at like you know Wright State and you look at Bellarmine and you look at Indiana State, uh, I got the schedule in front of me here, so you're helping me. You know we play Incarnate Word with Carson Cunningham, so you got some teams in there that you know you, you're hoping 
can really help you. Indiana State has a new coach, but they got some good returning guys. Um, and, and so those those games are important too. Like the last time I checked, North Texas is who beat us. You know, Texas didn't beat us. North right. Texas beat right. us. Yeah. And so, like, if you don't have respect for somebody, and that was, I told Grant this when um, he was at USA Basketball. So he was one of our court coaches. You know, that was his reward for kicking our butt. He becomes a, <laughs> one of our court coaches, USA Basketball. We were in Dallas. Obviously, he's right there. And um, but, anyways. You know, we were talking. I said all of his guys at the end, once the game and overtime was decided and, and they're shooting free throws, they're at the ends and they're yelling like, these guys didn't respect us. They didn't. And I said, boy, that's not true. We all respected you guys. We watched tape and right away. So this is going to be a tough, tough game and well-coached, tough team and good individual players. And and so, like, if we don't have respect for some of those other teams in our, our schedule, then we're fools. Because all those teams can beat you. That's just that's just the way it is, especially when you get on a neutral court. But no, we're excited. And I didn't even mention, you know, after we play North Carolina, you know, we're going to play either Villanova or Tennessee, and we played Villanova in Tennessee, and um, we played them in Mackey. We played Villanova and Mackey. Played them in the NCAA tournament. Played Tennessee neutral. Um, played them in the NCAA tournament also. So we've had a lot of experience, you know, playing those teams, and, and we know how how good of teams they are. So we we have we're going to be prepared, you know, and you're going to you know. When you look at it, it used to run your non-conference to your conference, but we're going to throw a couple conference games in there too. Right. And so we're going to have murderer's row, but that's what you want. And I think the way we have went to 20 games in the Big Ten and really tried to schedule up in our league has really benefited our league. I wish our league would have played better, and we didn't do our part, but I wish we would have played better in the NCAA tournament because I thought we had just a – Unbelievable league. A lot of people look at it like we're beating each other up, but it's a, it's the way it is. You just got to play better. We, we we had some teams not play as well in the NCAA tournament that they played during the year. The league was a monster last year. Lose uh, lost a lot of players to the draft, um, a handful to uh, to transfers and stuff. But um, overall, we'll be really good again. What what jumps out at you from a league standpoint? Well, I think there's a lot of returners. When you look at Trace Jackson Davis, you look at Kofi Coburn, you look at Travion, um, you look at Maryland's roster, even though they lost Aaron Wiggins, they picked up two really good transfers from Georgetown and Rhode Island, and they got a Yala back. And, and so they, they lost more sell, but they're going to they're gonna have a talented team. Indiana did a good job of constructing their roster in every, on all the changes that were happening. They have a very good roster. And, and so when you go and look at those two big guys, you throw Travion in there, you throw Hunter Dickinson in there. So you've got some guys Liddell. coming. Yeah, EJ Liddell, like the beat goes on. Elliot's got the, the, the board. Got cheat sheet. He's got a cheat sheet. He's got the board behind me. So, But it's a, you know, it's a podcast. I could turn around and look at it too. So you're not stuck. There's no camera here. And um, But when you look at all the people across the board, that have people returning then you have some transfers coming in and you have new guys and then we have great coaches in our league so you know i think our league is going to be very very good and um i think it'll be open too i know they're picking some teams that are michigan and ourselves and uh, you know a couple other teams ohio state i'm probably missing a couple there you know iowa lost a lot but i think iowa still can be good they have some good pieces bohannon came back um the, you know the young kid you know murray um, is a really talented guy. And so, like, I, I, there's some teams out there that I'm not going to go through every single roster, but um, I, I think from top to bottom we're going to be one of the best, if not the best, in the country. I want to talk a little recruiting, if you don't mind. Yeah, real quick, the only the only question I have in the league, the new Penn State coach, I'm just not really oh, sure about goodness. him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Are they even paying that guy? Oh, is he to, a volunteer? We're going to have to keep our eye on him. I don't know about that one. Uh, so recruiting this summer, Coach Painter, was – 
somewhat, for the most part, back to normal. Coaches could be in buildings, they could be in gyms, they could watch AAU tournaments from Thursday through Sunday. Maybe not so much talking about this past summer because it was back to normal, but going back a year ago, the, the difficulty in trying to recruit that next class of players when basically all you had was film to watch or YouTube right. videos. or How difficult was it? How, well, obviously, you know, we had, a, um, we had a commit in Caleb first right as it started, and then we were able to get, you know, Trey Kaufman after that. We visited both of those guys. Um, already, so for us it was good. I, I watched Brian Waddell's high school coach sent me every clip he's ever had, hmm. you know, that he's ever played, and so like I always was intrigued by him, but he hadn't really put it all together yet. And, uh, and then obviously a senior year, you could really see that it kept growing the athleticism, shot better from three, but it was always low volume because the way they played. Right. But just getting a lot of those clips and watching a lot of film, he kept just sending me stuff all the time and he really recruited um me a little bit even though i've known brian for a long time um in in terms of what he can add to a team and how he can help win just from a role definition standpoint and watching so that was really it for us because we didn't have any we had two scholarships and we didn't have any but you know a lot of times you're going to have one and so that so it was it was easier for us, because of the position that we were in, we didn't have a lot of people leaving our program. We didn't have a lot of scholarships. And now going into the next year, we we started, and I can't comment on it because these guys are still going into their senior years and stuff, but we, we, we started to get a couple commitments, had a decommit in there. But watching film and really putting a lot of value into watching film, but also understanding that you need to talk to a lot of people that are seeing them firsthand because you're not seeing them to get their thoughts and to get there. Just you just have to do your due diligence, and you should be doing it anyways, whether you can go out or not. In terms of kind of a background check for each guy, but that was really really important on our end and going forward. You know, especially after watching throughout the summer, I think we were very thorough and we and, and we did a good job with that. Again, you can't comment individually on guys, but uh, when you did get to put your eyes on guys. Um, that were you pleased with what what you saw? Yes, yeah. yes, and like you know, like who's going to sit here and say no? But um, for but yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so like you know, you you have your checks and balances. You have your way of doing things. Um, I'm trying harder not to be from an emotional standpoint. Don't watch somebody and then just watch them play well. You know, bad players will play well every blue moon. Not very much because they're they're bad players. Um, but really good players will have bad games, mm. you know. And so if I just see you play twice, ah, he's not there. Especially I mean, in AAU. Especially <laughs> in AAU. Yeah. I mean, who's going to be good at something they don't practice in any field? And so I'm big on getting stats. I'm big on looking at your stats. I'm big on really looking on your stats if you've got a, an opportunity. you gotta you got to kind of paint the picture in terms of the situation that they're in. you got to get a, a good read on – how they've been coached, what kind of system they're in, and then if they've had that opportunity and it fits them, you know. But but don't ignore he's a bad free throw shooter. He's probably going to be a bad free throw shooter in college. Don't ignore that he's a great rebounder. He's probably going to be a great rebounder in college. His assist to turnover ratio absolutely stinks, but yet he makes, you know, really good fancy passes. Well, that, that's just going to, you know, that's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's just not. And, and, and so, like, make sure – 
being process-based, I do personality tests. I do a lot of different things, and they're all just one tool in the toolbox. They're, they're all, nothing carries, you know, the water, you know, totally. But, like, just having a feel also for what works for you in the past and what didn't work for you that you thought did. And just, I know I'm probably getting to the overthinking stage there, but just trust your gut on that last element. That last element has really served us well here at Purdue and in the times that we've had some guys that not necessarily weren't talented, but really how productive were they before? You know, really, you know, how productive, really did you, how did you look into that and can they handle, you know, structure? And a lot of times through structure, guys will hear this, I always talk about this, and we talk about discipline. You talk about successful people that are talented, that have discipline, you know, they kind of, they just find their way. Now you take talented people that don't have any discipline. They normally, even though they're really talented, don't find their way unless something wakes them up. And, and so, like, when you take guys and you, like, who's around them, too? Like, that's a, that's a big piece. Like, who's – because they're going to have a sounding board. And, like, who's around them? Like, are they rational in thought, you know, or are they blind to the fact of what's going on outside of, you know, the person that they're thinking about? So all those things in, in terms of your evaluation and trying to make things work. You're not trying to make it work for everybody. You're not trying to make it work for – People that are ranking them at three-star, four-star, five-stars, you're trying to make it work for them at Purdue with yourself as the head coach. So so take out the stuff that doesn't matter and really lock in on the things that do. And then uh, I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to get guys that, that are really going to be successful at Purdue. One of my favorite sayings, I love that when you say this one, they're talking about how talented a high school kid is or whatever it might be, junior college transfer kid. And you like to say, yes, but can he play organized basketball? <laughs> I mean, right? There's yes. something to be able to play organized basketball. Yeah, yeah. and that's not anything crazy. It doesn't mean that you you know, you know, can't shoot shoot the ball after one pass or like – and I, I really try to equate it to those guys that can play in structure that we evaluate out of structure. Mm-hmm. So, like, you go down and you say, okay, how many games did you play with your AAU team in July? And they'll say, okay, we played six games in this tournament. We played five, and then we played seven. So, okay, okay, you played 18 games or whatever. How many practices did you have? Did you have more than 18? No, no, we practiced a couple times before each tournament. So you played 18 games, and you practiced six times in the summer. That's when you did. And I'm being nice for the six practices. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and so think about that. Think about that. You're playing. You know, that's the NBA. That's what NBA does. Yeah. They'll, they'll practice. They'll put stuff in. They'll train. They'll do different stuff. And the season's so long. They just invested $200 million into a handful of players. Why should we practice really hard and get him hurt? We shouldn't. Like, that's not what I mean. Like, well, now you got younger guys, whatever. Like, ah, man, I don't know if I can go. I don't know if this is whatever. And, like, hey, man, if that is the right thing for your future and you have that future, there is no doubt that that's a smart thing to do. But now they have to understand, like, the big picture of, like, you got to practice to improve. Like, I understand that, 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 that those things go on, and I'm all for it. Like, we got a great trainer. Anytime he says to me, like, hey, he can't go, then he can't go. It's not that big a deal. You know, it really isn't that big a deal. But if you're going to make improvements and get better, you got to practice. Well, we got a system where these guys are hooping and they're not practicing. <laughs> but then I got to go figure out how they're going to fit into our situation when we are going to practice and we are going to do things. And so, like, that piece of it to me is, is really hard. That's why I try to jump on the concrete factors of how did he do with his high school team? How, what do these stats look like? Because the stats are 30 games. 
you got 30 games. That's that's a pretty good thing to say, hey, he can shoot free throws or he can't. Yeah. He can take care of the ball or he can rebound. There's some things that are hair misleading, but for the most part, you can get those things figured out and you got to be able to understand that. But guys that have discipline as players and have talent are successful. But guys that don't have that discipline and they don't have that discipline off the court, normally they don't utilize this opportunity to have a scholarship and this is a springboard to not having a great basketball career but having a great life. And when guys have those things, then that's when they have discipline in basketball, they have discipline outside of basketball. They took this opportunity, they made the most of it, they used the contacts from Purdue, and now they, they just have a great life. And then that's what it's about. That's what we really try to sell and make guys understand that. And the guys that don't understand that and that leave here, man, I, I just feel like I failed them. And there's not very many. There's probably a handful, but I feel like I just failed them. But I know what's coming now. I, I just know what's coming, and that's, you know, Elliot's not going to follow you around the rest of your life. You know, you like you don't do what you're supposed to here, or whatever. We're going to hold you accountable. We're going to we're going to run you, but we're going to stick with you, and we're going to stick by you. You know, at the next level, like if you're trying to play overseas, you're trying to play in the NBA, and you do those shenanigans. Plane, see, plane ticket. See, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it won't. There won't be a speech. No, there won't, there won't be a talk. They won't. They won't talk it through. They're, okay, here's what we're doing. Here you go. And they'll pay you. You That's, might. They might even like it. Here's a million dollars to leave. Here you go. What, what's the old thing in Moneyball when David Justice played? Um, no, the, the the actor played David Justice, and and he Brad Pitt was. Um, What's the guy's name? That was the Jelly Bean. Yeah, Billy he just Bean. said, "No, no, no." The, yeah, the, the Yankees, Yankees are paying me. We're paying fifty percent of your salary to so play for me, or <laughs> yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, that really, that really resonated with me. I'm like, whoa, because that, and that's a great player too. David Justice was a great. He's saying that to a great player at the end of his, yeah, at the end of his uh, career. All right, last thing before we let you go, uh, thoughts on getting back into a full Mackey. And cross our fingers that we we get to that point, but you know, all, everything looks looks to be that that way. Oh, that would be a that'll be a beautiful thing. You know, hopefully that's that's what happens. It's looking like it's trending towards that. But um, I know our administration. I know Mike Bobinski. I know we're going to do everything, Mitch Daniels, to to get to that point. And obviously, we have other sports that come before us. And um, but no, if, that that would be great. I know everybody's chomping. At the bit there to to get it going again and and uh, be able to have a full house there. I know our players and you know I kind of feel bad like like you look at Mason Gillis and Brandon Newman like they redshirt they see it but they don't get to play. Yeah, yeah. Now they play their first year and now they don't get it. Now like guys like that you're like whoa because that's why you came here. You came here for your experience. That's part of your experience at Purdue. Um, we do Zoom calls with recruits, and we show them these things. We show them the attendance. We tell them, you know, the Big Ten conferences had the best attendance as a conference since 1976. Mm. Yeah, they think about mm. that. That, that, that. That's crazy. But then when you look at our situation, and that's why in, in recruiting purposes, if we can get guys two games and they can kind of see that, it kind of sets the bar. You know, it, it's like going to one of those – places in football like a you know like a Tennessee or an Alabama or whatever you're like you go as an unofficial visit there and you go see a game you're like whoa mm -hmm. but then you go a little bit down and you go to another game that's probably just a great atmosphere right and they look yeah. at it like it's pump pass and kick yeah. you know they look yeah. at it like it's JV like no 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 this is a great atmosphere <laughs> like that's just off the charts well I think in basketball we got one of those off the charts I don't think I know and I've been in a lot of those 
other places, and they're really, really good. But I think there's a couple of them out there that are as good as ours. I really do. But I don't know if there's any, anybody, but anything better, especially with our fans. Our fans, our fans really get it. They got a, they got a good understanding of basketball. Think about Brandon, Mason, Jaden, Zach, Ethan, the three freshmen. There's eight guys who have not played in a full Mackey. Yeah. Like we've talked about this, so I know I know what you're gonna say, but okay, so our opener's against Bellarmine on November 9th. Any concern those first four or five trips up and down, like Yeah, we're gonna get a lot of people weak side for those air balls. <laughs> yes, yes. We just got Oh Cliz was here, it might be a spank. Oh, so yeah. we might have to get we might have to get someone at the free throw line for that spank ball to ricochet to him. Well you mentioned that. I'm thinking about my broadcast partner Bob Riddell. Now, he's played at Mackey, but last year he broadcast all those games in an empty building. He was like, this isn't that bad. I can hear you quite easily. Yeah, you just wait till this place is full. You won't be able to hear a word I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a 10-minute adjustment period. That first time out, we're all going to have to come over. Okay, everybody take a deep, deep breath. breath Let's down. settle in here because it's, yeah, it's something we're all looking forward to. So, Well, it sounds like, uh, as you, you referenced, the summer's gone well. Um, maybe you save your Cubs. That's my my big. Oh only. man, I yeah. was hoping to talk about the Cubs today, but you mm. guys are cutting me off. Yeah, so we'll, right. get, we'll get to that. On I'm reintroducing um, myself to the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. We had a guy get in last night, and I was like, right away, I went to him. Like, I me, mean, we we picked him up off of waivers. So I think from the A's, and he'd played like in ten games, or whatever. I'm like, all right, we got. He got a hit first time up, got a double. So we, we were good. I'm the the people that are out there that say that I got I got upset and like that like. This is the, this is a time you have to be a Cubs fan. Like this is the time that you need. Like you, if you're not intelligent to understand what's going on, like they they did not want to do this. They had to do this, and dumb emotional people wouldn't have done it. They're smart. They're grounded. They get it, but they've also got a taste of it. And they're not trying to be good. They're trying to win it all. Yeah. And so they had to do it. Hopefully, they can grab a couple of those guys and, and, and get them back after the season. But it was a really, really intelligent move. I know it's it's a knee jerk, emotional like thing that Cubs fans don't like, whatever. But this is the time you show if you're a, you know you're an intelligent Cubs fan because this was a you know this was a great move. They had to do it. You know, you know, like he said, you don't go halfway on moves. You know, you go all the way, and they did. So I'm I'm excited about it, even though. There's people that go in the game I don't know, but like, I'm, I'm learning. Well, it makes you enjoy the winning that much more. I was I mean, thinking of that movie Major League yeah. when the ground screw is out there and they, who the blank are these guys? <laughs> they're on their team. <laughs> when the Colts won the Super Bowl, those 1-15 and 3-13 and and mm, years. Forget about those. those, yes. those but sitting through those made you appreciate that Super Bowl that yeah, much more. No doubt. So. All right, that'll do it for episode 76 here on the podcast. I want to thank our listeners for listening. Until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well.